Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. There's a cat over here. There's a cat over there. And the wrong one died. Welcome to The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have another amazing guest. She she was Cassandra on the U.S. National Tour 2 in L.A. and then on U.S. National Tour 4 multiple times. And it was also Cassandra on Broadway in the original production. So welcome. Ugh. So welcome, Lee Webster, and thank you for joining me. You're welcome. Nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Excited to have you. Uh, <laughs> I love chatting with, you know, you've done so many different productions. You've had so many different castmates, which I think is fun to hear the different story arcs that you have to play and the different relationships you get to play with so many different, you know, actors that you get to perform with. But we got to start at the beginning. I know. You did way best in the L.A. sit-down production, which for some reason is still called the U.S. National Tour 2 without touring. Right. Um, but this predates the 1998 movie. This is almost like a, it's pretty early in Katz's run. So w- what was your familiarity with you with the show before you were able to book it and got other roles? Cause they were next. Well, that's uh, OK. So for me, I started out, actually, I worked with T. Michael Reed, who was the dance supervisor for the companies, mm-hmm. Broadway and all of them. And I had worked with him in a chorus line and he had called me and asked me to help him with the auditions in L.A. when it came in, I guess it was 1985, I want to say. But um, so I uh, said, OK, I'd love to. And I wanted to be in the show, of course. So I was actually auditioning while I was helping him with these auditions that lasted probably a whole week. It was huge in L.A. It was probably, I want to say, over 500 people in line outside of the audition hall uh, just wanting to get into audition. So it was a huge deal in L.A. at that time. So uh, I was unfortunate enough to be a part of, you know, that whole process. But also I was nervous because I was also auditioning for the show, too. So and they didn't tell me anything until, you know, the very end of the auditions, whether I got the part or not. So that's how I got Cassandra originally. Wow. So, so you, yeah. Were you familiar with it at all or was this just you knew to um, read and you know, this was a big audition? I had seen it. Yes, okay. I had seen it. So I was I loved it. Uh, I can't say I loved it, you know, as maybe how you were saying <laughs> uh, what's going on. But it was just such a unique uh, experience in the theater with, uh, you know, the sets and the whole 
all the set coming out of the in front of the proscenium and engulfing the theater. So it was just a whole new concept. And uh, of course, the dancing was spectacular and that intrigued me. So um, that's how I first, you know, kind of thought, hmm, I'd love to do that show. So, yeah. Wow. So you see, you saw one of the Broadway productions. I saw this. I did. I saw the original production. Yeah. So you get the role, you're in LA. Mm -hmm. Walk me through what they tell you, if you can remember about, because like, what's the backstory you're giving? Mm-hmm. How much how much information are you giving at that point beyond the dancing and singing and staging? Right. Um, well, you know, I was the only furless cat in the show. She is a Siamese cat. So that kind of, it speaks for itself as far as um, character-wise. You know, she was sinewy. She was fierce. She was unpredictable. A uh, lot of different... Um, uh, you know, aspects of a Siamese cat, you know, that kind of thing. So um, as far as the background, a lot of our background, uh, we did a lot of working together, crawling on the floor, all that kind of stuff, any kind of movement with being a cat, that kind of thing. So, mm. um, but as far as my character, I mean, I, that kind of developed as we went along, I'd say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think you have the... This is one of the things I find most fascinating because mm-hmm. you got to play Cassandra some with for years, mm-hmm. but with different people each time because you would did it in L.A. and then you went on the the fourth tour, then you went to Broadway and then you back to the fourth tour. Yeah, how does that story arc evolve as you get to kind of like play with different characters and different actors that might have a slight different interpretation of what Cassandra is versus the previous person? Right. And um, let me just back up a second, because I did the L.A. company as Cassandra the whole time. And I was assistant uh, dance captain. Mm-hmm. And when I finished that company, when that company closed, I helped Cats 4, Best in Truck, only as zap- dance captain. So okay. I was. Yeah. So I kind of stopped completely performing and helped put that company together. So that was a whole feat in itself, you know. Um, so. That was about a year and 10 months on the road as dance captain. I think you I didn't... went on a couple times. I okay, went on a I couple times. Yeah. yeah, I was thrown in, I think, a couple times. And uh, so, and then I went to the Broadway production. And because I, I was still, you know, fairly young, I was maybe, I guess, 28, 29. I wanted to still perform. So they had asked me if I wanted to come to Broadway. And so then I went and did Cassandra on Broadway. So there was a little gap in between. Um, you know, companies and productions where I was performing and not performing. So yeah, that's how that happened. As dance captain, who did you go on for when you kind of got thrown on that fourth tour? Was it a different cat every night or was it only Cassandra? Only Cassandra. Only. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't until later that you swung and got to cover Bon Ballerina. Co- yeah, I covered Bon Ballerina on the, um, I didn't, go, did I go in on the fourth tour? I might've got thrown in once, once or twice. But it was uh, it was on the L.A. company, I believe. Mm-hmm. I went in. I only went on a couple times in as my ballerina. So yeah. Okay. When it was like really needed because they already had we had already understudies that were covering those roles. I was like a third cover for that. The m- emergency only, you know. Emergency. That kind of thing. Uh, something <laughs> has to go real wrong for you yeah. to really be on. Exactly. I, I want to hear a little bit about being the dance captain on tour on the fourth mm-hmm. tour, but not really going on. What does that like role entail and the life entail of of doing that? Are you just constantly 
teaching people who are coming in and out of the show? Is it also making tweaks to the the dance? Like, what does that role do mostly on tour? Mm-hmm. It's a good question. <laughs> it encompasses quite a bit because, yeah, yeah uh, after setting the show, uh, it's really important. And Jillian Lynn, you know, really uh, wanted things really specifically uh, as far as the choreography. So it was a, uh, definitely a certain... Uh, a certain way to uh, keep it clean. You know, I was constantly giving notes every night to the dancers uh, because, you know, as you remember, the show is just, there's so much going on, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it, it's a hard show to keep clean. So that was a big part of it. And also um, being responsible for uh, rehearsals, uh, setting rehearsals, uh, being responsible for the understudies coming in. So I definitely was in the studio a lot, you know, They'd be, um, you know, during the day, everybody be off. I'd be in the studio uh, teaching the understudies the show, yeah. um, that kind of thing. And also, you know, would be <clears throat> with the bus and truck, we'd be traveling quite a bit going from theater to theater. And each theater was very different. So, yeah, we had to adapt to each theater because we can't we would start um, we would start the show in the house. Yeah. So we'd, we'd be coming down the aisles, as you remember, around, you know, through the audience and stuff. So each theater was different. So we'd have to map that out each time too. So that was a little, you know, I'd have to get there and map that out and things like that. But yeah. So when you're doing traveling, like what is studio? Like, is there a studio in each city that you're kind of renting or are you using the stage when it's not being used? Like yeah. a, it's so foreign to me and it's kind of fascinating. So that's why I like, I'm asking yeah. these questions. Yeah. No, that's a good question. We would always, um, have to book somewhere. Yeah. We'd, um, the company manager had usually did the, or the stage manager would help out with that. Um, you know, finding a studio available. Um, I, I would help out with that too. But, um, yeah, there'd always be in a studio, but we would have to be on stage. It would be important for the dancers to, of course, do the movement on the stage. Mm-hmm. So we'd have to have that time. But, you know, a lot of times we'd be two days in a city, three days. So, yeah. you know, the set has, takes a while. The, trucks would go before us and they'd set the setup so we couldn't always be on the stage you know but um we would have a a dress uh, not a dress rehearsal but an understudy rehearsal once a week and that would give the opportunity for the dancers to be on the stage and actually rehearse on the stage so that was that was important too so they could actually be together and we would actually run the whole show on the stage at least once a week wow yeah so daunting task on tour. It, it was it was a lot i was constantly in a studio basically yeah either yeah. there or at the theater yeah one or it's the other. A different environment because mm-hmm. like i think if you're in new york or in broadway it's like you're going to the same place it kind of feels almost like an office like you know where you're going but in a different city you've got different space you've got different setup you've got to find the area and then you're only there for a day or two and it's like let's move back to a exactly. new place and start this all over so it's got to be pretty crazy it was a lot, a lot of, lot of moving parts for sure. As dance captain, how much did you try to not influence, but you know, the character stories and you try to like say, okay, here in that movement, this is why you're here and this is why you're doing. Did you kind of lean into the story aspect of all this? Or are you purely technical dancing, making sure at the right place at the right time with the right? Um, a little both, I would say. You'd have to kind of connect the two. You know, it was always, there were reasons why you did certain things, you know, mm-hmm. uh, reasons why there's a lot of things were happening with the sets, you know, uh, you know, 
rump, uh, rumpus cat would be jumping up, coming out from underneath the stage, all sorts of technical, technical things going on. So, yeah, I, you know, and I would delve into the character somewhat for them, you know, as much as I could and, you know, help them out in that way. Yeah. My res- my responsibility too. We would have just cat sessions where it wouldn't really be choreography, but it would be you know trying to um, physically be a cat because mm. you know it was it was it was uh, a lot on your body and there were ways to get up and off the floor correctly you know without hurting your lower back things like that and making yourself look like a cat uh, coming up from fours up to two feet you know that kind yeah. of thing jumping jumping onto parts of the set was um you know it's a little tricky so we had yeah. ways of do- of teaching that and doing that so is there but there are a couple of things that i i'm asking this because i have my my own personal answers to this okay but are there a couple like story arc moments that as you're introducing a new cast member to the show and you're kind of working with them in the studio mm-hmm. where they're like that's the story like really that's the thing like what are those what were those things for you where every time you had to be like yes this is the backstory here or yes this is that moment in that dance because i i can tell you a couple that i'm thinking of but i'm very curious to hear is there a consensus around the performers of like oh i did not know that Right. Um, in diff- uh, are, you, are you speaking specifically in a certain part of the show or I'm just... I'm thinking all of it. Mine, kind of spi- <laughs> mine spans all of it. Well, I have to say there's a lot, there's, you know, it's this group of poems that were put together, you know, that didn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense, right? Yeah. So we did our, you know, they did our best as far as connecting these these little stories together as, po- you know, poems uh, connecting them together with music. So, um, I mean, Grizabella, let's talk about that. I don't know if you want to yet, but, um, you know, her, hers wasn't even in the book. So, yeah. you know, hers was just kind of wrote in there. So, um, but I don't know if I answered your question well, but I just, I think like as I, as I learned more about the show, mm-hmm. there were a couple where I'm like, Oh, Demeter's story. Oh, Victoria's coming of age story. Like things that I don't think you recognize or most people probably don't recognize just watching it on stage the first time mm-hmm. because there's so much else going on. It's kind of hard to piece all these things together. But then if you're you know, talking to a former Demeter or a former Victoria and then them saying, like, this is what I had to embody every night. I'm, I'm just so curious. It's like, do those do most performers come in knowing these things or is it a wow, I would have never thought that I didn't know that. that now I've got to perform that every night. Yeah, and it's something that you kind of uh, ingest as you go, you know, with the show because there is so much in it, and uh, it's you know, there everybody sort of like comes together as a tribe, and uh, yeah, they learn things I think from other people that have done the show before and things like that. So yeah, I'm, I mean, I think that it does take a while to get all that stuff together. You know what I mean? How how early and how quick did you feel like you you figured out? Because like was it in L.A. that you kind of like oh, I I really understand her story and her her chat? Like yeah. or was it in Broadway or years For, later? Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good question. Um, I was lucky to work with Jillian because she put mm. our show together, so that was really helpful as far as the physicality and all that stuff. And uh, you know, I I. In LA, I, I, you know, I was, I was, <laughs> I don't know how to say it, but, um, 
you know, even though I didn't have a big role, you know, I, I made an impression on the stage. We'll put it that way. Yeah. So I think it's just my, you know, I'm tall girl, big girl. And, uh, you know, uh, I guess when I did get to, to New York, you know, New York has had done it for so long. We had Marlena Danielle there who'd done the show since the beginning. So it was really fun to work with her. Uh, and it did have that feeling at the winter garden, you know, uh, that real connection with the, and the, with the set and everything. It was great. Loved working there, but yeah. So let's pivot to that. Uh, tell me mm-hmm. about how Broadway came about. Was it an audition that you went to? Was it a, you, you know, this like as dance captain, <laughs> we need a Cassandra come. Yeah. What, what, well, what was that experience like? Yeah. I was lucky. I didn't have to audition. That was a good thing, but um, I had done the, you know, the bus and truck for about a year and 10 months. And it was kind of, I was feeling like, and I think they knew it was kind of my time to, I was kind of wanting a change, you know, and we, we discussed it. We talked about it and they, and the opening was there and said, do you want to come and do it? And I said, yes. And that's how it happened. Wow. So. And what's that was, first time being in the winter? <clears throat> like? Uh, it was, I had so many people sending me flowers that opening night because i'd left the tour you know so i must my dressing room was so filled with flowers and it was it was an amazing experience it really was it was exciting uh everybody was really welcoming there and uh really enjoyed working there i was there about a year i guess yeah okay and how does that differ i mean when you're when you have the like the stability (laughs) of being able to be in the same theater at night with mostly probably the same cast and castmates versus the like up and moving and tweaking and figuring out the slight nuances to each stage like how does that how does that make it easier or harder in certain ways Mm -hmm. that's a good question too um i think when yeah in new york you know you have a life a little bit more of a life uh other than the show so you know when you're on the road you do form a really strong bond with the cast members you know you are family a lot of relationships start you know a lot of long friends forever that kind of thing and uh in new york you know you still while you're doing eight shows a week you're able to have a life during the day and you know you're not just on the road so mm-hmm. to speak so it it is different in that way um uh but you know it can't say which one i like better but <laughs> no i love being on broadway because i had my life as well and you know it was just great being there and just being in the city and you know going into the winter garden and yeah that yeah. whole that whole feeling did you did you feel a difference in the like show dynamics like I, there's obviously the life dynamics which is very fair of like mm-hmm. having stability having probably having more of a routine and friends and family versus being your family just being your castmates basically who's on the bus with you Right. Um, but what about in the show? Like, is it, does it feel different with that change of scenery every week or a little bit different by being in a stable one place at the same time? Um, I guess probably I felt better because, you know, I had, I had that time to take class, maybe stay mm. strong in my body you know, was rested, not rested. I shouldn't say that because <laughs> yeah. that's a hard, but I, you know, I was be able to get massage, you know, that kind of thing. Every week we, everybody got a massage if you wanted it. Um, I just, you know, felt better uh, as a performer there than, you know, being on the road and, you know, having to deal with the traveling and this and that. So it was yeah. a, mm-hmm. probably a little easier to get on the subway and come to 
Yeah, come to the theater. Fly I, and then go and then perform right that night and that type of thing. Exactly. I actually yeah. rode my bike to the theater a lot, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. What about audiences? Did you notice a difference in tour and audience versus Broadway where, you know, tour, there's only, you're only going to be there for a week or two days, whereas <laughs> Broadway, it's, uh, you know, it's it's always there and it ran for so long. It really was, felt like it was always there. It was always there, right? <clears throat> A difference with the the audiences on the road, I have to say, were very well, a little bit, you know, a little bit more, more excited, I would mm-hmm. I would say. And maybe because I got to the, you know, catch a little bit later than in the beginning of the run, that could be too. Mm-hmm. But um, I was lucky enough to, uh, you know, like Johnny Cash saw the show when I was there at the wow. Winter Garden. I got to crawl up against him. Uh, Lorna left. Quite a few people, so... Sammy Davis was a big one in L.A. He loved Cats. Do you remember Sammy Davis? Yeah. Are you too did young? No, no, I definitely did. <laughs> he, he came to the L.A. He performance used to come, many he used times. To, he would come quite a bit, and he'd come backstage. He'd love to come backstage and chat with everybody and watch everybody put their makeup on, and then he'd go out and watch the show. Yeah, he went a couple, came a couple times. Wow. Yeah, he was that's, he was very nice man. Yeah, that's cool. So yeah. you just were sitting in there getting ready for your show. Yeah, and you so, come back and, and walks this. Yeah, know, this little guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be back for more of the wrong cat died. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I think one of the most fun parts about hearing, getting to do it in so many different settings, in LA, doing it on tour, being behind the scenes on tour and on Broadway. What are some funny, memorable moments of the like, I'm never going to forget, you know, it could be as silly as this person fell or this thing broke or this thing didn't happen or as, you know, like other parts from just very memorable moments like Sammy Davis Jr. or Johnny Cash. Yeah. Uh, being there. Oh gosh, I have to think. There are there are quite a few. Um, <laughs> um just things that happen with the set, you know. Uh I remember Rumpus Cat was supposed to come out of the floor, he didn't, so somebody else steps in, things like that. Um, you know, the trap door wouldn't come up. Um anyway, uh I'd have to think about this for a while. <laughs> Nothing that just Can't like think. jumps out as the uh, I'll never forget. There were so many day. I usually have people that remind me of these stories, you know, I'm not yeah. really good. like. <laughs> Who else was, um, you, you mentioned Johnny Cash uh, and Sammy Davis Jr. Are okay. there any other celebrities that you're just like, couldn't believe when they showed up uh, backstage or that sh- maybe saw you on Broadway uh, or in LA? I'm sure there were some, oh, in LA there. Yeah. You know, there were a lot in LA actually. I can't remember who, but um, that opening night was pretty amazing. Yeah. There were quite a few people there. 
Uh, you know, I can't remember, but yeah, there were a lot. Be your dream uh, celebrity to show up today if you were. Oh gosh, ah, uh, I don't know, Barbara Streisand. No, Barbara Streisand. Okay, <laughs> I only mentioned that because some of that, somebody, uh, some a friend of mine and I were talking about her the other day. So, but yeah, I mean, let's see if we can get her. She she could come. She well, she has a new book. Hey, let me record. <laughs> yeah, this. that's what I was that's talking just, about. That's, that's what I was thing. talking about with somebody. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I want to hear a little bit about the transition from Broadway back to the tour, the fourth tour, because you went on uh, in the 90s, right? Again. And then oh, I yeah, think you right. do tour, Broadway tour, if I'm correct. Yes, you're right. What happened was I, um, whenever they needed me as a dance captain, I jumped in. So I went, okay. I, I, that's what happened on uh, the fourth company. I went out there for about six weeks, eight weeks, maybe. No, a little longer, about three months. Yeah. Uh, because somebody left for a while. So I jumped in until somebody else came back, that kind of thing. I did that with Broadway. When I left Broadway, I, ca I came back quite a few times, jumped in. Uh, you know, somebody was pregnant and I went back in, you know, maybe I, I was the one going back in yeah. three or four times, you know, You're so the emergency speed dial. The, yeah, exactly. So yeah, um, that happened for a while, but, but I only went back as dance captain, uh, on the fourth, um, the four, uh, not busting the last one. And did you go on any times for no. those or no? No, okay, not so then. Not yeah. then. So when you're getting called in to do these mm -hmm. kind of um, quick jump in dance captains or, or emergency covers on Broadway, how much like what is that preparation like? Because, you know, it's one thing when you're doing it over a period of time. It's another thing to be like, we need you for two weeks and come in and it's like, do you come in and go right into the studio? Like. Or was there a lot of muscle memory of like, I still remember most of this. Oh, yeah. I still remember all the choreography, yeah. probably. <laughs> it never go goes it away. Yeah. It never, I mean, I don't know if I could do it, but it, def it definitely <laughs> never goes away. But, um, you know, I would definitely have to take that time, though, because, you know, you'd have to, you don't want to screw anybody up on stage. So you'd have to remind myself of uh, when I need, you know, positions and things like that. Who's around me, you know, that kind of thing. But, um. It would take a couple, you know, I would, I would get my book out in other words and figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't just jump in, you know? No, I but mean, it, it, physically it's so difficult. Like it's oh, probably yeah. not easy to just no, you know, yeah. stretch one day and go in and do it. Like it's, oh, it's gotta be a, some practice that goes into that. Um, but yeah, there is like the, I guess also the story arc of the things of like, you're going in and do you, you know, kind of remember, oh, I got to do this here, or I've got to be here for that moment. And I've got to have the, the, the look over to this cat at this point, because that tells part of the story is a little bit that I would, I would almost wonder how much of that is just burned into your brain versus yeah. the, oh, okay, I gotta, I gotta get back into the swing of this. Right. It, you know, there are moments like that, like you're saying, that are important, you know, to in the story or mm -hmm. not that there's a big story, but you know yeah. what I mean? In moving forward um, that, you know, you have to make sure you're on the, on the right spot, you're looking over, whatever it is, you know. Um, so there are cues that are important for sure. Mm -hmm. So last question before we go to some rapid fire, I want to ask. Okay. Is, what relationships did you play mostly with Cassandra? Like who was... The cats that she most related to, spent time with, family with, dated, you know, like how did that, how did that kind of come around? Like as you thought about doing it for so many years? Mm -hmm. Um, I would say the re 
the closest on stage would probably have been Bomb Gathering and Demeter. Uh, you know, they're sort of, not that they're a trio in any way, but uh, yeah, they're sort of similar cats mm-hmm. in a way, same age, that kind of thing. Um, I would say Victoria as well. Yeah. Would relate to her. Um, yeah, that's probably what I'm. Any male cats? Like, was there any, any, we might be dating, we might be flirting. Like, <laughs> how much of that is thought? I, I, I just love going back to the, how much of this is thought through versus how much, just, how much is just naturally happened? Right, right. Um, I think there are some subtext with it, you know, Demeter and McCavity and mm-hmm. Ballerina McCavity. Um, so yeah, they're definitely, I would say Cassandra and McCavity as well. Okay. Um, somewhat, you know, so, um, but yeah, it is, you know, there are some subtext there with the other cats, each cat. Yeah. What there prevented are. you from going down the, the dark McCavity rabbit hole? <laughs> well, they wouldn't let me, would they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they protected you. Um, okay. Let's do some rapid fire. Um, okay. if you could go on for one night as one cat, doesn't matter if it's male, female, in your vocal range, whether you could or couldn't do it, if you could just perform one night as one cat, who would you want to go? Wow, nobody's asked me that before. I think uh, a lot of my questions, most people I probably haven't asked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. I wouldn't mind trying Denny Eddie Dots. I know that sounds weird, no. but it's so opposite of what I would do. You know? Yeah. And it would be fun, you know. Get she a little tap and... Yeah, she was fun and, you know, I don't know. That would be really fun. I mean, I'd always love to have done a Victoria, you know, performance as Victoria too, yeah. but I was never that type, but yeah. yeah. I uh, love it. I love it. Okay. Who are your favorite and least favorite cats in the show? And I'm going to say characters as in their personalities and any performers. Oh, okay. Um, my least favorite? Hmm. That's a hard one. There's got to be one that bugs you. That bugs me? Yeah. Like, which personality, if you were hanging out with the, the Jellicles, which one would you be like, ah, I, this one's this so annoying. Probably yeah. Skimble Shanks, I Skimble guess. Skimble Shanks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love Skimble Shanks, but he's so annoying. I love it. What about <laughs> favorite? Who are you <laughs> gravitating towards? I sort of love Syllabub. She has that mm-hmm. angelic, uh, you know, voice and just sweetness and... Yeah. Okay. What is your favorite song from the show? My favorite song? Um, hmm. I guess Gus the Theater Cat. Us. Okay. That's hopefully a good sign for my last question. Um, who would, I, I always ask one fun one. And since you got to be a dance captain for, for many years, which cat do you think would be the best dance captain? Like if you had to just throw a cat in the run, mm. cat show or any show as a mm-hmm. dance then it would be who'd be your top choice probably victoria Ooh, victoria i was thinking mistopheles for some reason mm, yeah that's true too i like yeah. it victoria okay um all right million dollar question i have argued at length that i don't okay. think grisabella should be the right joke choice so as someone who has years with the show on it behind the scenes you know it in and out you know the choreography still today are you going to uh, Pick Grizabella as your jellical choice, or are you going to send something <laughs> up to the heavies? <laughs> well, that's 
Interesting perspective. I haven't really thought about that. But what? Uh, so you do not think she should have gone? I do. Do I, do I get to ask why? Or I will. I will answer why after. Okay. If All you right. like, but because I, I can walk you through some some questions on how to come to your answer if oh, you don't okay. have one directly. Right. Okay. So, hmm. Somebody other than Grizabella. You can pick Grizabella, but then I'm going to ask okay. you a lot of reasons of why you think she deserves choice. Okay. Hmm. That's a good question. I kind of feel just naturally that Gus or Deuteronomy, that's the mm -hmm. obvious choice that would go to the heavy side layer. I like other it. Other than Grizabella. Gus is the number one choice after Grizabella. Oh, okay. Of all of my guests. Uh, Old Deuteronomy is number two after Grizabella yeah. of all the choices. So those are very common. Okay. Um, and I, I think the question that I would ask and the question I always wonder is, what is Old Deuteronomy's criteria? Criteria for being uh, being for the one to go up. Choice, yes. Oh, uh, well, he's older, you know. Uh, Sorry, let me rephrase that question. Okay. What would you? What would you? If you, if you're Old Deuteronomy, uh -huh. each each night that you get to do this once a year, how are you making your decision? Do you have a criteria? Do you have a set of guidelines? What does that look? As as Deuteronomy going going to the heavy side no, there, or as me, if I'm okay. old Deuteronomy and I get to choose, I get to choose, and I'm you know the version we get, he chooses Grizabella, right? But in other versions, he why Grizabella over Gus, or why Grizabella over himself, right? Good question. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. I so the it, I can I can give you a little bit of like the I'm only saying I I think he he should go instead of Grizabella because he's older and you know he's kind of ready to go that's yeah. my thought on that okay but um yeah I'll, what, I mean I, so you I'll think Grizabella should come back as a as a glamour clap I think she should come back and go the year after I oh, think that okay. she should be next year's choice because she should you know the redemption story still works but she can spend time with the family and that she doesn't need to be immediately sacrificed. And so I think that that is my main reason why. And that's why I would send Gus. Because over, over, why over Deuteronomy? That, so that's an interesting question is why over <laughs> Deuteronomy? I, I don't, the part for old Deuteronomy, I don't know mm -hmm. is what is his, like who takes over? Is he ready to take over? Like when does he get to go? Cause I do think he's in that conversation, but, I don't feel like he's ready, as ready to go. Whereas Gus, I think, is kind of at the tail end of his life and yeah. might not make it to another ball as much as he like relives his past. Old Deuteronomy yeah. seems kind of like he can live forever and eventually right. he's going to decide he's the choice. Right. I kind of feel like Gus is probably more to go than Old Deuteronomy for sure. Um, because Old Deuteronomy is sort of, he's a big part of the, the tribe as well, you know? Mm -hmm. And so... And maybe Gus not so much. And I, I think whenever Old Deuteronomy goes, we get a different show. Mm -hmm. It's like there's a new. It's like a new leader. It's mm -hmm. over, and, and there's still obviously the the tribe, but it's you know he's been the at the at the helm for so long that when he gives up the reins, you're going to have some yep, some, some fresh perspective coming in. And who would that be? That's um, isn't it Monk? Like it kind of seems be, like the answer is Monk. Maybe Monk. Yeah, you're right, Monk. I was going to say Mistopheles, but Monk. Yeah, Monks makes a more sense for sure. Yeah. 
But this is what I've debated with everybody for months on end. And I'm slowly getting more and more. Grizabella still has the majority of the votes. She's still uh, about half. Mm -hmm. But only half. Okay. show where she 100% of the time gets to go. So I feel like I'm doing I'm doing the Joe Lord's work slowly. You're doing, doing some justice. <laughs> yeah, this has been interesting. So fun. Oh, um, so great! Thank, thank you, you so much, much for, for having me. Yeah, thank fun. you for coming and sharing yeah. your experience. It's really cool. Uh, and Good thanks everyone else. Yeah, thank you, and thanks everyone else for listening to this episode of the Ron Cat Die, the podcast breakdown of the Cassashvi. To follow along, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and threads at The Wrong Cat Died, or check our website, The Wrong Cat Died. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.